of what was known at the time as the Gallows Ring. Every member of the Gallows Ring had done time. But they still carried on a lucrative industry, devoted to blackmail, intimidation, shoplifting, and some of the clumsier recreations. Their leader, Ben Orming, had served seven years for bashing a Chinaman down at Rotherhithe. The Gallows Ring was not popular in Wapping, for the reason that many of their depredations had been inflicted upon their own class. When Meadows and Harry Jones took it into their heads to do a little wild prancing, they took the trouble to go up to the West End. They considered the gallows ring an ungentlemanly set. Nevertheless, they always treated them with a certain external deference, an unpleasant crowd to quarrel with. Ben Orming ordered beer for the three of them, and they leaned against the bar and whispered in sullen accents. Something had evidently miscarried within the ring. Mrs. Dawes continued to whine above the general drone of the bar. Suddenly she said, Ben, you're a hot old devil, you are. We was just having a discussion like. Where was Witch Street? Ben scowled at her, and she continued, Some says it was one place, some says it was another. I know where it was, cos my aunt, what died from blood poison after eating tinned lobster, used to work at a corset shop. Yes barked Ben emphatically. I know where Witch Street was. It was just south of the river, afore you come to Waterloo Station. It was then that the coloured man, who up to that point had taken no part in the discussion, thought fit to intervene. Nope. You's all wrong, Captain. Witch Street were alongside the church, way over where the Strand takes a sideline up west. Ben turned on him fiercely. What the blazes does a blankety nigger know about it? I told you where Witch Street was. Yes, and I know where it was, interposed Meadows. You're both wrong. Witch Street was a turning running from Longacre into Wellington Street. I didn't ask you what you thought, growled Ben. Well, I suppose I've a right to an opinion. You always think you know everything, you do. You can just keep your mouth shut. It'd take more than you to shut it. Mr. Booth thought it advisable at this juncture to bawl across the bar. Now, gentlemen, no quarrelling, please. The affair might have been subsided at that point, but for Mrs. Dawes, her emotions over the death of the old lady in the street had been so stirred that she had been almost unconsciously drinking too much gin. She suddenly screamed out, Don't you take no lip from him, Mr. Meadows, the dirty, thieving devil. He always thinks he's going to come it over everyone. She stood up threateningly, and one of Ben's supporters gave her a gentle push backwards. In three minutes, the bar was in a complete state of pandemonium. The three members of the gallows ring fought two men and a woman, for Mr. Dawes merely stood in a corner and screamed out, Don't! Don't! Mrs. Dawes stabbed the man who had pushed her through the wrist with a hat pin. Meadows and Ben Orming closed on each other and fought savagely with the naked fists. A lucky blow early in the encounter sent Meadows reeling against the wall, with blood streaming down his temple. Then the coloured man hurled a pewter tankard straight at Ben, and it hit him on the knuckles. The pain maddened him to a frenzy. His other supporter had immediately got to grips with Harry Jones, and picked up one of the high stools, and seizing an opportunity, brought it down crash onto the coloured man's skull. The whole affair was a matter of minutes. Mr. Booth was bawling out in the street. A whistle sounded. People were running in all directions. 
Beat it! Beat it, for God's sake! called the man who had been stabbed through the wrist. His face was very white, and he was obviously about to faint. Ben and the other man, whose name was Toller, dashed to the door. On the pavement there was a confused scramble. Blows were struck indiscriminately. Two policemen appeared. One was laid hors de combat by a kick on the kneecap from Toller. The two men fled into the darkness, followed by a hue and cry. Born and bred in the locality, they took every advantage of their knowledge. They tagged through alleys and raced down dark mews and clambered over walls. Fortunately for them, the people they passed, who might have tripped them up or aided in the pursuit, merely fled indoors. The people in Wapping are not always on the side of the pursuer. But the police held on. At last, Ben and Toller slipped through the doors of an empty house in Aztec Street, barely ten yards ahead of their nearest pursuer. Blows rained.